0: Welcome to PBF Podcast Number Sixteen. Sixteen already. Uh, yesterday we co- crossed a certain, I guess, mental threshold for me in our listens. So our podcast reached over twenty-five thousand listens combined. It just I, I don't know necessarily what that means, but I know when we hit ten thousand, I thought that was pretty cool. Now we hit twenty-five and. Now I'm looking down at 50, then 100. Um, Again, thank you for everybody that uh, supports the podcast. We do have the link in our profile, which will take you to Fundly, where you can throw a little money in the kitty jar if you want. Also, you know, share this with your friends. We're on 8 Different platforms, um, including let's see, we've got Spotify, we've got Google, um, Apple. Hold on, let me look at a list here for you. I wasn't prepared to say this, but I figure why not? Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Republic, and uh, Anchor FM. So, go ahead and. Please share if you like what we're doing. This will help us to grow. Um, A couple things I want to start out talking about today. With Kyle Rittenhouse up in Wisconsin. Some new information has come out. I think some people may know this already, but I'll go ahead and cover some of this. I don't know how many are familiar with uh, Lynn Wood. He defended the Covington kids back, um, well, recently. Won uh, some lawsuits against CNN and Washington Post. I know that was, what was it, like $525 million lawsuits were the, the sum. But we don't know what it really ultimately came down to, right? Uh, it was settled out of court he also previously had defended uh, Richard Jewell. And I don't know how many people know that, but um, Richard Jewell was blamed originally. He was a security guard back in Atlanta when the Olympics were there. And they attempted to blame him for a uh, I don't remember if it was some kind, I think it was a pipe bomb. False. And even, uh, there was a movie recently, I did not see it, I'm not going to lie to you guys, uh, it's very difficult for me to care to watch many movies nowadays, because more often than not, all I see is just trash propaganda covered by special effects to try to, I don't know, pull us into the the cause, right? So, whatever. Occasionally I'll watch a movie, but generally, well, we can't go to the theaters now, can we? But, Anyway, little side note there, but Linwood. Yesterday on, or yeah, yesterday on Twitter, he responded to this tweet. So the first guy who was shot in the face was actually a result of Kyle shooting into a crowd. Afterwards, he still was carrying an illegal gun in a different state. That self-defense doesn't come into play since it was illegal to begin with. So let's address a couple of items there. Linwood says, when you start manufacturing facts to support false accusations, you get into trouble under the law of defamation. Kyle did not carry a gun across state lines. The gun belonged to his friend, a Wisconsin resident. The gun never left the state of Wisconsin. Truth always prevails. And so let's let's talk about some things here. The, um, there was a reporter on Tucker Carlson's show last night, and this reporter was actually right behind, um, Rosenbaum, Rosenberger, the, the first guy shot, the one that walked up, the, the, the guy that was the sex offender, he was trying to take Kyle's gun away. He was reaching for Kyle's gun. The Daily Caller reporter was actually behind Rosenbaum, and he saw the whole thing. So, the offender tried to grab the rifle. Kyle moved his barrel and then shot. The Daily Caller reporter also said that shots came from behind the offender the sex offender now realize this entire thing i found out too that from elijah riots he's a blaze tv um reporter he also um showed another video that what had happened and and what led up to this confrontation where the kid was brought in was that they the antifa blam tifa people tried to set a dumpster on fire and then they they succeeded and then they pushed the dumpster actually towards a gas station a a, a dumpster on fire these people are not smart sometimes or maybe they are maybe they wanted to do that I mean they do seem dead set on destruction so the militia as they're describing it wasn't very happy with this and that's when the whole confrontation started that's when they got really upset with the guys who were carrying the ARs because <laughs> they just want to destroy things and apparently they didn't think that they should be prevented from doing this and so this is what really began escalating uh, the tensions there which led to the confrontation between Kyle and um, the other individuals there (sighs) a few other things that we found out too as well there were five bullet holes in Rosenbaum one of them actually came from behind him this was the autopsy so Kyle shot him four times he wasn't shooting into a crowd again it's just his information he wasn't shooting into a crowd he didn't bring a gun across state lines he we don't know who shot him from behind but there's there was a bullet that was found in his kidneys as well. Or in the back somewhere. The gun was given to him by somebody in Wisconsin because apparently Kyle is a lifeguard in Kenosha. So he often traveled to Kenosha. And apparently while he was doing his lifeguard work, he was requested to assist um, with protecting the business. And there's plenty of interviews demonstrating this. He was called to help to protect the business. He and his friends went there to protect the business. One of his friends gave him the gun. A little bit more from Lynn here the media rumor mill is in full swing to discredit kyle rittenhouse his family and his lawyers i would urge caution before believing any rumors or accusations of wrongdoing they may even attack and falsely accuse me i am protected by truth this is not my first rodeo at this time i will not publicly address private facts about kyle rittenhouse or his family beyond telling you that this is a fine young boy blessed with a good family Take media rumors and accusations with a grain of salt. In time, lies are always revealed when truth is disclosed. It's obvious here that everything we seem to know, or pretty much everything beyond basic facts, are lies coming out of there. It's a complete disinformation system that we are witnessing coming out of Wisconsin from jacob actually now we're discovering he had one of the police officers in a chokehold which led to him being tased and they saw him carrying a knife that entire thing has turned into something where the our sports teams won't even play their sports based upon lies and now we discover too many of the facts quote facts not true facts that have come out about kyle are completely false so i do have a little bit more information this comes from cassandra fairbanks at the gateway pundit this is more of a description um about the rifle Later in the day, this is from his legal team. Later in the day, they received information about a call for help from a local business owner whose downtown Kenosha auto business was largely destroyed by mob violence. The statement continues. Business owner needed help to protect what he had left of his life's work, including two nearby mechanic shops. Kyle and a friend armed themselves with rifles due to the deadly violence gripping Kenosha and many other American cities headed and headed to the business premises so apparently you know they showed up about 8 p.m curfewed passed. the mob began to, to or the police began to disperse the group of riders and then the lawyer said his intent was not to incite violence but simply to deter property damage and use this training to provide aid to injured community members and you can even see him on video going to give aid when he's being interviewed by that elijah riot elijah riot has a really good uh video that he put out of a sequence he has some really good video there's there's a few guys julio rosas um elijah i can't think of all the names right now but um many many people need to realize that we are being fed lies. Even the Daily Caller um, reporter that was interviewed mentioned that Kyle, actually, after he shot the guy, came back and was looking down and was was seemingly willing to help more after he'd shot the guy. And here we have, you know, the the people, complete criminals, that attacked him. From a child molester to an abuser that was the skateboard guy to a robber who was the guy with the gun that got shot in the arm. These are the people of Antifa. You've got school teachers, Google engineers, pedos, Transsexuals, criminals, abusers. Alright, there's a, a few other things that I'd like to cover this morning. Let's find, I've got a story here out of Georgia that I think is really, really important. Almost 40 missing children safely recovered in Georgia's sex trafficking raid. And how this isn't even like top news is just amazing. Over three dozen missing children have been rescued during a sex trafficking bust in Georgia. The raid, which was called Operation Not Forgotten, involved state and federal agents. It extended across 20 counties in metropolitan Atlanta. Multiple law agencies combed through North and Middle Georgia for two weeks in an attempt to safely recover the kidnapped children. Authorities found 26 endangered children and another 13 missing children. U.S. Marshal Service Director Donald Washington said that authorities are afraid that the children were already potential victims of sex trafficking. The missing children were considered to be some of the most at-risk and challenging recovery cases in the area, based on indications of high-risk factors such as victimization of child sex trafficking, child exploitation, sexual abuse, physical abuse, medical or mental health conditions. Other children were located at the request of law enforcement to ensure their well-being. Nine suspects were arrested and are in jail while state prosecutors focus on the cases and medical and social workers concentrate on aiding the children. One missing child is worth thousands, in my mind, of fugitives that we go out and get. Other major U.S. cities are pursuing similar operations, though most haven't yet been completed. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, shared a statement about the raid on Twitter, writing that he and his wife, Marty Kemp, applaud the work of law enforcement and Operation Not Forgotten. We'll continue to work around the clock to bring an end to human trafficking and ensure the perpetrators of this evil industry know they have no place in our state. Isn't that amazing? Um... And this stuff isn't reported and, and it's amazing too because under president trump so many of these things have been going on how has this not been a priority before i'm glad it's a priority now believe me but it's it's so so troubling that more hasn't been done previously now let's go on to some real good news I know many people, we've gotten many comments about what are they doing? What are they doing about these riots, insurgency, the people destroying? And we've seen periodic arrest here and there. Well, here's what we know. Yesterday, the Department of Justice, U.S., Oregon, uh, US Attorney's Office District of Oregon, 74 people facing federal charges for crimes committed during Portland demonstrations. Charges include assaulting federal officers, arson, failing to obey lawful orders, and damaging federal property u.s attorney billy j williams announced today that 74 people are facing federal charges for crimes adjacent to or under the guise of peaceful demonstrations in portland since at least may 29th 2020. more than 90 consecutive nights Portland has been home to large demonstrations and protests against police use of force and anti-black racism. On many nights after peaceful demonstrations end, various public and private buildings have been target of vandalism and destruction. Local, state, and federal law enforcement working to protect these buildings and ensure the safety of peaceful demonstrators have been subjected to threats and assaults from violent agitators while performing their duties. Violent agitators have hijacked any semblance of First Amendment-protected activity engaging in violent criminal acts and destruction of public safety. Okay, so... It goes on to just talk about, you know, an FBI statement. Uh, They support, you know, civil rights, free expression, but ultimately the nightly violence has to stop. It is drowning the voices of many who are calling for change as the nation's this is interesting ATF's involved we're not always we haven't been big fans of ATF based upon some of the previous actions maybe they're pawns but I don't know as the nation's primary source for fire investigative knowledge ATF remains responsible to investigating these actions for committing arsons in our communities and holding them responsible for their illegal actions as a reminder there is a mandatory minimum of five years for arson atf takes these violent actions seriously and will work diligently to bring justice to the victims so there is a list it's on our telegram You can also go to the justice.gov website and look for the statement uh, related to that yesterday. Now, some interesting information came out as well. This comes from the Post-Millennial. Seattle Antifa Group arrested in Kenosha with riot gear controlled substances. Members of Riot Kitchen 206, A quote, no charge kitchen serving protesters, activists, movements and those in need in Seattle, Washington have been arrested by authorities in Kenosha, Wisconsin after police suspected that they were preparing for criminal activity related to the civil unrest. Kenosha police released a statement following the arrest that acting on a tip, they had surveillance, they had surveyed the vehicles with out of state plates fueling gas cans the vehicles contained gas masks helmets protective vests illegal firework and suspected controlled substances these people are traveling across state lines we know repeatedly that buses show up in locations of protest and that many individuals then engage in insurgent activities of starting the fires of uh, molotov cocktails many things like that now the people of course are saying oh we're just there to support <laughs> yeah sure you are think about that apparently the riot kitchen hat quote has been a fixture at seattle riots including the armed takeover of capitol hill during the capitol hill occupied protest according to their gofundme page now, now gofundme lets this stay up there gofundme raises money for those criminals that were maimed and killed in oregon they won't allow money to be raised for anyone on the right isn't this just insane that's how insidious this stuff is in our system (laughs) these people who are traveling across state lines in order to riot and be insurgent can raise money on GoFundMe. Jennifer Schuler, a Riot Kitchen board member, told the Washington Post that the group was putting gas in the organization's bus and food truck when officers stormed them. She said it was pure craziness to suggest they were using the gas for criminal activity. Uh, Yeah, sure. Sure, guys. Don't trust an insurgent. Don't trust a commie. So that's good news. Definitely good news. A um, couple more things I want to cover today. Another one coming from the post-millennial. Now this is something that we've talked about. It's a thing that's um, related to maps. Minor attracted people. And if you're not aware, Twitter allows minor attracted people to discuss their attraction for children on their platform post pedophiles are proudly posting their faces online in a world where everything is becoming politically correct pedophiles on social media have seized a new opportunity to rebrand themselves as maps minor attracted people the map community and movement are growing in size and picking up steam particularly on social media apps like twitter where the problem is becoming increasingly worse. They've constructed their own flag and often describe their organization their excuse me, their attraction to children as a sexual orientation rather than scientifically recognized mental illness that pedophilia is. The goal is the map community to normalize pedophilia and convince those who are woke enough to begin to accept them. And view them as a marginalized class. You know they've they've made a flag for themselves. Traditionally, maps have always hidden behind cartoon profiles, as anonymity was the only shield they had against rightfully major backlash. That's changing, though, and then goes on to show these individuals posting their faces. This. You can look this article up. It's on the post millennial. We do have a link on our telegram. (laughs) And and this is just disgusting. A map Instagram user named Mish, who has since deleted her account, has had her face plastered all over the internet as well. Before the deletion of her account, you could see her responding to criticism and stating that people below the age of 12 should fear her she did this ask me anything as someone who was born female and who was preyed on by maps you scare me in her response my AOA age of attraction is 2 to 12 so if you're older than that you shouldn't fear anything to be honest social media is allowing this and normalizing this while you These people can say these things. But you can't say anything bad, whether it's about transsexuals or even have conservative right-wing opinions anymore on these platforms. We have reached levels of insanity never seen before, my friends. Never seen before. Another article from the Gateway Pundit. Black Georgia man who stabbed stranger says he felt the need to kill a white man. A man arrested for stabbing a stranger on Tuesday said that he felt the need to find a white man to kill after watching videos of police brutality. Javon Hatchett, 19, is uh, charged with aggravated insult and possession of a weapon during the commission of a crime after stabbing an AutoZone employee. Columbus police sergeant R.S. Mills testified that Hatchet said he felt the need to find a white man to kill after watching videos of police brutality. He's being held in jail. Luckily, you know, this isn't happening in uh, New York or Portland or someplace like that. He'd turn around and be let go. But that's the second one this week, inspired by the Black Lives Matter insurgency. A black man in Colorado has been arrested for hate crime and attempted murder after stabbing a white stranger while shouting Black Lives Matter on the same day as Hatchet's attack. Steve Sinclair, 30, stabbed 29-year-old Michael Connor on Tuesday while shouting Black Lives Matter and saying, I'm going to kill you and your dog. Local station 9 News reports Sinclair continued saying Black Lives Matter to police when they arrived, according to the first officer on the scene. The officer wrote that Sinclair had his hands up and said, I stabbed him, I'm a psychopath, refused to sit down, and insisted that officers should shoot, shoot him. This is from the GoFundMe that was set up for Connor. Well, at least I guess if you get stabbed by a BLM member, you can set up a GoFundMe page. That There should be some uh, consolation in that, I suppose. Michael was stabbed Tuesday night while walking his dog in his apartment complex. A man jumped over his patio and attacked him. Michael has a five month old son and is the main household provider. He cannot work for the next six weeks due to surgery and collapsed lung. We are raising money for medical bills and future doctors visits. Anything would be appreciated. And you know, it's in yesterday's podcast I discussed how you have these people who are being weaponized by people across the board and the Democrats. You know, Nancy Pelosi saying these are the enemies of the people. We had the Bernie supporter before who shot Congressman, shot Capitol Police, weaponized to believe that Russia was controlling our government. We have Iona Presley Talking about getting in their faces. We have the vice presidential candidate saying from the Democrats that these protests are needed and should continue. This is an insurgency hiding under the First Amendment. Recognize it for what it is. I'm probably going to go a little longer than I normally like to. So. <laughs> I've, I try to keep these under a, a half hour, but I realize this has gone longer. But there's a couple more things that I need to cover. So this comes from the National Pulse. Exclusive Joe Biden's Republican endorser runs a Chinese Communist Party staffed consulting firm. William Cohen, a former Republican senator and Clinton era secretary of defense, who endorsed Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden owns a lobbying firm that employs Chinese Communist Party officials, the National Pulse can reveal. Cohen recently endorsed Biden, citing his belief that President Trump's actions were the mark of a dictatorship and a tyrant. Today, the National Pulse can reveal that Cohen works closely with Chinese Communist Party agents, many of whom remain listed on the former Secretary of Defense's website. The Cohen Group's China practice claims to facilitate constructive engagement and cooperation between leading multinational companies in Chinese enterprises around the world, as well as support Chinese companies engaged in high-quality investments overseas. But the reality is, the Biden is endorser is working with an oppressive dictatorship, the Chinese Communist Party. Party, helping them to launder CCP propaganda and aiding their strategies in the West. The lobbying group, which also retains former Defense Secretary and President Trump detractor James Mattis as senior counselor, claims increased activities between China and the globe brings mutual benefit (laughs) you know I myself at one point thought that uh, Mattis was a good person but he's all he's part of this entire military industrial complex you see this and all of these people are coming out in favor of Biden Biden and his team support these revolutions that are going on in our street. You've got the entire Rhino Republican and Democrat establishment doing this. And now we're seeing that there's these people, all of these former generals across the board. You know, early on too in Trump's presidency, I thought that was going to be cool, but now it looks like those people wanted to be a part of the presidency in order to keep things moving. Everybody thought that Hillary Clinton was going to win. She didn't. There were things that have been going on for years because you you see this now, a guy that was from Bill Clinton's presidency, the Secretary of State, now doing this, and he's working with the communist we have many many people and we know that there was a lot of our defense technology that the chinese got under the clinton administration things happen in this world that we don't necessarily always see they like to paint a picture for us That they're doing one thing but in actuality they're working against our interest yesterday on the podcast i talked about color revolution just my own speculations on things but we can start to see these things coming together there's a guy rich higgins rich higgins dc and i'm going to read to you his thread and he was on the nsc the national security council before The current domestic political situation has decomposed into a national security issue. The 2020 political cycle is being utilized to mask the extremely hostile revolutionary nature of these events. Even the violence is distraction. Current intelligence indicates that a siege of the White House may initiate on or about September 17th and culminate in a November 3rd election crisis that carries on past the election and this is what I was talking about the I I read the article yesterday the revolutionary operational design has three key components that must be factored in first the revolutionaries must control the media and social media communication environment second the revolutionaries must maintain control of a portion of the bureaucracy finally The republican party and gop establishment must be under the positive control of the revolutionary narrative and remain passive if the revolutionaries can succeed in controlling these three components of their operation they can be successful color revolutions utilize information warfare tactics to create crisis Situations in which institutional leaders are placed under tremendous political pressure to support the revolutionary objective. The control of the media and other communications is used by revolutionaries or their supporters to amplify crisis, i.e. election fraud. Solutions selected by revolutionaries, i.e. remove Trump. These narratives are amplified by the media to silence and control GOP opponents and to compel action by the bureaucrats. The history of sabotage, subversion, directed against the campaign transition administration during the first term should serve as warning. Numerous senior officials of the Democrat Party are openly calling for revolution and intend to fabricate a constitutional crisis around the election. The election in parallel street mobilization and furtherance of their efforts. The plan includes the utilization of various revolutionary actors that have been observed conducting operational and informational preparation of the environment for the past several months. There are two key vulnerabilities to color revolutions, prior knowledge and united opposition. Actions Number one, The public and institutional leaders must be made aware of these efforts in a coherent manner. Two, MAGA, Republicans and all Americans, must unite in opposition to their agenda. This is what we're seeing here. We're seeing these people in D.C. You know, Mattis called out so many of the defense officials in the Republican Trump's administration, to stand, step down when they initially supported this. In D.C. last night and yesterday, there, there were huge protests. I mean, this is just growing and growing inside. They are, you should see the photos, they're on our, our telegram. But there's just a throng of people all over D.C. now. Two things come from that. Number one, they're building the mob in order to create more havoc and anarchy. Number two, it's clear now that everybody should be able to open up their businesses, church, and school with the way that this is. These are adults out there doing this, adults of all ages. If they can do this, if they can gather in these areas we can open up our country this is clear it should be clear that this virus is used as an excuse to control people to weaponize people we do have um, all this information I've posted all of these links that I've discussed on our telegram it's a it's a troubling time but I think we need to be aware of what's going on the establishment is going to work against our desires they overplayed their hands with the riots but they're not done this riot and insurgency is far from done there's going to be other cities that these people are going to be testing this out They want to remove this administration because the kleptocracy, the corruption that exists at the highest levels of our government. We need to continue to stay strong and united. This is why we're seeing more and more of the things on social media where they're shutting people down. Facebook is about to shut down the Hodge twins of all people. And what does that mean? It's because, you know, these are these are black conservatives who <laughs> demonstrate that they're not part of the game. And I guarantee you, they're going to go after more black conservatives. They're going to try to keep shutting voices down. We've got to keep fighting. We've got to keep getting our messages out there. So I thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. This has been... Podcast number 16 from PBF. This is Romeo1Oscar, and I am out.